Now, in a very special bonus episode, um, we are talking to Liz Carolyn. She works on something very small, like the whole digital threat to democracy. There's a lot to keep her busy. Um, Her latest initiative is the Fair Play Pledge, which is focused primarily on civility in campaigning. Um, And all the parties are signing up to, which is brilliant. Um, We caught up to her to talk about how online campaigning is or isn't shaping uh, general election 2020. Negative campaigning, which there's been a lot, but it seems to have filtered out. Um, how much parties are spending online and what the impact of the US presidential election this year will have on online campaigning elsewhere. Enjoy. I'm Liz Carolyn and um, I do lots of things that are related to... I basically, I give out about the internet for a living. <laughs> um, and uh, one thing that I'm working with loads of people at on the moment is um, trying to get the political parties in, in the general election um, to commit to behaving themselves online uh, when it comes to their campaigning. But most importantly, to commit to making sure next time we're not relying on people being nice um, and we have laws in place that um, apply uh, to online campaigning in the same way they do to what people do with posters and on TV and radio. And tell me about the pledge that you launched recently. Yeah, so the, we launched the Fair Play Pledge there um, uh, sort of towards the end of the first week of the campaign. And it was a set of four kind of commitments that we were asking political parties um, to do in terms of their, uh, their online campaigning. So one was like, don't be deceptive, so don't do all the... Can I, can I curse on this? <laughs> don't, don't be doing all the bollocks that we saw the Tories do in the UK where they were like cutting videos make people look bad and like pretending they were independent fact checkers they even did a thing where they um, if you googled for the Labour Party manifesto um, they basically bought ads and, and kind of played with, 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 with the search engine optimization. so people were clicking on something they thought was Labour's manifesto and it was actually one of their sites just these kind of like just being, being douches really like not, not, not playing fair so that's one of them another one then um, is just committing to not um, doing like harassment which sounds very basic, um, but actually, you know, we are seeing, like, not just say um, your fringe candidates who we know uh, do engage in harassment and incitement of hatred and and, and trying to divide people, um, but you can also see like mainstream parties and a little bit in the UK maybe around some of the antics of momentum and different types where you have these sort of um, unofficial parts of parties which can mobilise to try and harass. And a lot of that targets women. Um, uh, When we had colleagues who were monitoring the UK or the European elections, um, there was an entire category of content which was just anti-Greta content um, that they had to sort of create when they were were monitoring online because there was so much... um, just denigration of her and 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 of um, a lot of misogynists and everything else. Um, as people to just do financial fair play, so not use ads to sort of um, use money illegally um, uh, or sort of that what would be illegally offline, and also um, like GoFundMe's and sort of various different um, fundraising tactics we saw in the UK. The Brexit Party had all sorts of dodgy things going on um, with PayPal where they were getting all these amounts that were just under the threshold for having to say who, who gave the money and lots of them, lots of them, lots of them coming in. Um, so it's very easy to, to just play poorly online when it comes to finances. And again, while that probably does fall more under the law in Ireland, nobody's watching, nobody's looking at that stuff. Um, so the last one then is for reform, electoral reform. So four, four commitments. 
We'll get into the electoral reform in a bit, but how have um, parties and other candidates uh, reacted to your call for people to sign up to this? They've actually react- reacted really, uh, really positively, which is which is great. Um, uh, the Greens were the first to sign on, um, and then Social Democrats, um, uh, Labour signed on, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, and it's probably no um, no coincidence. It was sort of in that order. Maybe when they when they saw their their peers signing up, um, they 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 all jumped on board. Um, so uh, so we have that commitment now, and from a you know, from a scrutiny point of view, which is the next phase, um, now that they've said they'll do something, uh, we can go back to them and say, well, actually, you said you'll do that, and what about this, that, and the other behaviour? And hopefully it'll make it easier for journalists who want to who want to kind of cover. A few parties haven't signed up, so Sinn Féin, we're still waiting to hear back. Um, um, I'm, they're probably having a busy week, but um, I, so I hope that's why they, why they haven't signed up yet. Um, AIM2 gave me a call um, and said that they were looking into it. Um, I think it'd be really positive if they did sign up, so this isn't, this isn't a left-right issue. Um, uh, you know, in, integrity is something that everybody cares about. Um, I know that when they spun off from Sinn Féin, it was on an issue of principle, so I'm hoping they do. Um, the Communist Party of Ireland wrote back to me and uh, wishes the best of luck, but they're not running any candidates. I quite enjoy that. Um, and yeah, so we haven't heard from any of the the kind of the the parties who maybe you you might not expect to have integrity at the core. They're some of those smaller fringe group, but they have all been invited. So we'll see what happens there. Leaving that uh, fair play pledge aside, and we'll put on your more general hat of how you kind of work in this space. Um, And every single election that comes around, and indeed every referendum, we are anticipating that the online space will play a bigger role. Ireland is maybe a little bit more behind other jurisdictions that might be due to the nature of our campaigning is much more on the ground and community-based and person to person um, yet at the same time you did an awful lot of work with the um, uh, referendum transparency initiative uh, during the last repeal referendum monitoring and and looking at uh, various activity online uh, some of which was maybe a little nefarious are you noticing um, anything any great change with regards to how the digital space functions in a voting context this time around I, I get the sense that some of the bigger parties may have hired in some professionals this time. I don't know how good they are. Um, I think certainly the quality of videos and things people are producing for um, online content seems to be much greater. Um, but I, I, like, I think if you think of some of the first week, say that the Fine Gael campaign in their first week, they had that... Um, shocking video where they had actors running around in Michael Martin masks um, and they had another thing where they had photoshopped um, a, a Union Jack onto an MEP's lapel like um, and when those two things happen within a few days of each other you know like my alarm bells were going off in my head if they've, they've hired some someone from I don't know some hotshot thing in London who's managed to convince them that they got Boris elected and they know what's what um, and it's not going to work um, I, I think Irish politics are different like in some ways we're um, we're complacent when it comes to the laws around this but our democracy is fairly secure like um you know, I was, just, I was just cycling through town to come and meet Yuna and I saw, you know, some, say, Pascal Donoghue um, posters up. And Pascal Donoghue is our Minister for Finance. 
he also turns up to some people we know's um, like building meeting for their apartment block right and he's been doing that for the last four years because his seat is not guaranteed um, you know every vote matters for every politician in the country um, and you get those by building relationships by knocking on doors uh, we have single transferable vote which means you know um, some of those divisive tactics don't work so like um, if you're in the UK uh, and, and you want someone to vote for you know conservative and if you attack Labour it'll help you right if you're uh, Fianna Fáil and you attack Fianna Gael should they could vote Labour or Sinn Féin or a, a, a million other choices and also you need the second preference votes of the person you're attacking and you're not likely to get that so I, I think there's some kind of almost inbuilt things in our unique sort of system which um which, which keep us safe. I think as well the fact that we rely on um, the same news sources is massive. Like to say during during uh, the repeal vote, like I was just looking at the online at the online campaign because I didn't have any mental bandwidth to look beyond my laptop, um, and it was so skewed in favour of the no campaign. Like in terms of expenditure, in terms of everything that was happening, um, uh, and I think a lot of people's information environment was saturated with um, with with paid for and not paid for content. But everybody watched the, the debates, right? You know, and the the viewership for those was massive, and we were watching the same things, and it was the same discussions and the same arguments, and people saw the balance, you know, and we can give out. And I, do give out about the way some broadcast interpretate interprets our balance doctrine but actually you know that's that's such an asset that we have look at us tv you can live in a world where you never hear anything but nancy pelosi is a monster or donald you know or whatever the the, the particular view is so we have that um i think there's a few threats to that like the you can see the far right in ireland going after rte hard um because they want to push people into a bubble they want people to stop watching the same news as everyone else I also think like, and this might sound a bit dramatic, but like, I'm starting to believe that the RTE player is like a threat to democracy. Like, <laughs> like the digital output from RTE is so hard to get. Like, I, I barely watch telly. Um, I have like, like it's one of those smart tellies and I, there's a box attached to it and it's like 85 buttons to get to like a T. I know how to put Netflix on, that's about it. Like, I'm, I'm a disaster. But um, like, I, I know, like, I get all the Newsnight clips, like, I get the Rachel Maddow clips, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know what's happening in news and other spaces. Like, RTE is just impossible <laughs> to, to, to find. Like, and, and I think RTE have to figure out that service that they provide, which is invaluable. How do they make sure that, that that's reaching everyone? Because, like, it, it is, it, it's another part of that kind of, that kind of protection that, that, we have, that we have in our democracy. So we know that um, negative campaigning works less here than it does elsewhere. And you mentioned that infamous um, Benny Hill anti-Fianna Fáil video from yeah. Fine Gael. But what is happening with regards to Facebook ads and social media advertising, stuff like that? Because that is an unregulated unre- space and it did was pulled into sharp focus in the, um, in the referendum in 2018. It is unregulated. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure from regulators, not just in Ireland, in Europe and, and all, all of the place. And so the platforms are starting to try and, like, in a bit of a panic, put things in place so that um, they don't get regulated. And one of those, which is which is helpful enough, actually, if you're, if you're following the campaign, is the ad archive. You just Google Facebook um, political ad archive or ad archive. And so there they're keeping all political ads um, 
um, for seven years. Um, so you can see, you can go through every party, every candidate. It, it's it, it's a little sketchy if you just want to search by constituency. You can't do things like that. Um, but you can have a look and you can see what's running. You can see how much they've spent in total over the last week. Um, and I had looked. I was actually looking at um, at a Sinn Féin ad there this morning. Um, and I think Sinn Féin has spent about four grand in the last week on ads, um, which is not massive in the greater scheme of things. But but is you know they're 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 only spending a few hundred per ad, so they've they're they're, they're putting out quite a bit of output. Um, Fine Gael have um, um, they're doing a lot of like issue based ads so um, if you have a look through the archive you can see they have say ads which are on Brexit and have pictures of tractors and if you click through it's like oh well look at that they've been shown to rural men because um, I don't know maybe maybe women don't, don't care about tractors um, but then they have they've got weird things like they'll have stuff um, like the baby boxes and so the baby boxes ads seem to be targeted at older women, um, whereas the um, ads which were promoting some of their policies around um, free childcare were targeting younger women. So they obviously think the baby boxes are more for the grannies. <laughs> right? Whereas the, like, people who are actually having kids are like, that's nice, but uh, this has cost me like a grand and a half a month, so can, can, you, can you do something about that? So, so it is interesting, you can kind of dive in. When I looked at Fianna Falls ads, what they seem to be, have been doing was um, more promoting particular candidates, so more your kind of classic. You know, here's Mary in a in a video, me hall, like walking down the walking down the street. Um, so they were doing that to their main account. Um, Sock Dems are running loads of ads. They seem to have a, have a strong game. The Green had none as of the other day. They, they may have started now. That that was a, that was a good few days ago. Um, but most of the ads that are in there are candidates themselves, local candidates. Um, and it is a great tool. You know, like you see, you see lots of women candidates in there who maybe might have. Um, tons of money in their campaign to be flooding the place in posters but what they can do is they can you know digital can be quite a cheap way of reaching people one of the things that you've um, been calling for for some time is an electoral commission that may kind of tackle some of the things that are less regulated what is an electoral commission and why do we need it and why isn't it happening and how can we make it happen yeah, so I've been calling for this, but the likes of, um, say, David Farrell in UCD and Jane Souter and especially Theresa Reedy then in UCC, they've been doing this, as far as I can tell, their entire careers. <laughs> God love them. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, an electoral commission is like an independent, a fully independent body who exists and sole purpose is to make sure that elections happen, that they happen fairly, that people know they're coming up, that people are registered to vote. Like they just focus on elections. Like it'd be like my absolute dream job. <laughs> just get to like sit around all day and then I'm, I'm, they, they do lots of more important things. Um, but it's, just, it's basically a dedicated team um, uh, who are resourced and, 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 and who can look at this stuff. Um, and we just don't have one. Like it's preposterous. Like we don't have one. I was at years ago, I was speaking at, because um, some work I did on the Burkina Faso election randomly I'll tell you about that another day but I was at this conference in Washington of electoral commissions and you're looking around the room and there you have you know there's, there's the UK and there's France and there's Argentina and there's like you know um, uh, whoever like Burundi you've got, you've got all these different countries and they're sitting there and they're spending two or three days learning what's happening with you know financial flows like you know how do we how do we make sure like what's the latest in thinking about how you get people to register and how do you get people to turn up there wasn't a sinner from, from Ireland in there because we literally don't have it's it's a bizarre we don't have a body so elections are run out of um, there's like a small section in the Department of Housing who obviously have a lot of other things on their plate at the moment, um, but actually the way elections are run is like each, like it, it, it's, it's run by local by local government. So it's it's actually loads of little elections that we have, and then we kind of like 
stick it all together at the end um, and this is why even when it comes to having data and information about some basic things like the only list of candidates in the country that anybody relies on is a blog that Adrian Kavanagh in Maynooth um, kind of keeps going like out of his own <laughs> out of his own like you know sheer sheer will um, just these basic things we, we don't have and you know in a way it's like like it's meant that we haven't switched to some like di- digital voting and things like this which I actually think are deeply problematic and hackable and, you know we've, we've kind of stayed old school um, but that can only get that can only get you can only get you so far like we need someone whose job it is to like chase up on things like so we have um, SIPO standards and public office which is a body that was set up just to look at finance and politics but like their their powers are extremely limited like they they, they, they write letters um, for example which is you know um, which, which is great like I think they can do um, they can refer things to the police to sort of investigate um, whereas the election commission in the UK can fine up to £20,000 um, for like in for, for, for infringements and so say during one of my favourite stories during the Brexit vote um, some people uh, got from France got on the Eurostar and went to King's Cross station and they were standing outside asking people to, to stay in the European Union and they brought croissants and they were handing out these fresh Parisian croissants um, to people I think they had, they had postcards or something and the election commission sent someone down to tell them that it was against electoral law to provide food in exchange for voting, right? Which I think it is actually in Ireland as well. There's all these sorts of weird rules. But they had somebody who could do that. Like, who would do that in Ireland? Like, you know, and obviously, I think that's probably overstepping it a bit and it was, it was a kind of a fun story. But like, you know, when, when things go wrong, when things, and, and things do go wrong often, like, whose job it is to try and, to try and figure out what's going on? So like, we're, you know, we're going to be kind of keeping an eye on the social media campaigns and things. It's nobody's job to do that. You could do anything, you know? Bonkers. And would the Electoral Commission then have responsibility for um, bringing in online, uh, the regulation of online advertising? And why hasn't that happened? Obviously, Ireland, you know, and Cork, Dublin, etc., are centres of, you know, massive big tech companies. Um, and there does seem to be some tiptoeing around uh, coming up against these guys when it comes to making uh, um, interventions in a regulatory way uh, from a government perspective. Would, would the Electoral Commission be in charge of that? So, um, we, you know, we, we would need a piece of legislation in order to have an, in order to create an Electoral Commission. We have kind of laws that already exist. We'd probably need to either do a whole lot of amendments to those laws or try and create a whole new set of laws. One thing the government have been trying, uh, have been talking about doing since around the time we, were, we, we had the referendum um, is having a specific standalone law which would make it obligatory that platforms have to have transparency um, uh, that's it's like it's, you know it's a, it's a plaster on a gunshot wound in a way <laughs> it's sort of taking one bit of it where there seems to be the most um, there's the most noise made right because everyone's heard about the Russians and Trump and all these kind of things so p- political ads are sort of where where the, the moment is um, and uh, so the, like there's a, there's a few kind of standalone pieces of law whereas I think if we're if we're recreating if we get to create an election commission that's an opportunity for us to um Think about what does electoral administration look like in a sense. Very geeky, I know, but like, like what what, what does an, an election look like, and the management of an election look like, and the fairness of an election look like in a world where you have the internet, right? Like, because uh, most countries' electoral administrations were designed from an age when you had to worry about the press, you had to worry about posters, you know, you had to worry about barbecues. That's why they all ban food, and uh, the big the big Texan barbecues where you like invite everybody along. And um, they weren't designed in a world where like 
Um, anybody can set up a GoFundMe and have money coming in from all over and you can spend that to attack your opponents using anonymous things and all those sorts of things. So we, we would get to design that. I mean, how exciting is that? Like we get to, we, we, we could lead the world, right? Because, you know, we were this anomaly for not having an election commission. So we can design it in a way, in a way which, which works really well. Um, that's all fascinating. And finally, before you go, I wanted to completely change the subject, I suppose, and look a bit more globally. Like, mm. you live and breathe this kind of stuff. Um, and I was just wondering, facing into 2020, uh, the, in terms of the US election, there's going to be a renewed discourse around the exact type of things you're talking about, the digital um, disruption and attacks on democracy and on the processes and on candidates and manipulation, etc. What do you see um, facing into that or have you even had a chance to think about it yet in terms of how bad it's going to be in the US? Because that obviously has ramifications for people learning how to do nasty mm. things elsewhere. I think it's going to be shocking. I, I, I think I, I think it's going to be very bad. Some people we've been we've, we've been chatting to and you always have to take this with a pinch of salt. There's a lot of people around this space who imagine the worst and live in, live in a world where the worst case scenario is going to happen all the time. Um, because it did. Because, because it did, right? And because the stakes, you know, if you're, if you're in any way, um, uh, if you're a person of colour, if you're, if you're LGBT, if, you, if you're anything in the US, this, com- this upcoming election feels like an, like, like an existential threat to your, to your safety and, and, and to your existence. And I think like, for a lot, of, a lot of those people, they're kind of finding common cause with people who care about things like like, like voter suppression, um, like like free and fair elections, and the two are becoming a little bit muddled in the US. It's actually it, it, it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit problematic um, because you sort of you have this this one actor and a team around him who do not respect rules and who behave incredibly toxically, um, uh, and so therefore when you're looking at election integrity, it is it, it's a weirdly kind of one sided event. At least until we know what the Democrats are doing. I, like one thing I'm afraid of is that the Democrats will try and beat Trump on his own game and they're crap at it. The left is crap at being an asshole on the internet. Like they're, they're good at harassment and things but when it comes to trying to like ape these um, these toxic tactics um, it just doesn't work and you lose the respect of your voters because frankly like you know your, your voters may be more sophisticated and sort of expect better. That's an aside. But I think like in in, 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 in terms of the election you know we've been hearing that you know, this isn't going to be about. It's not going to be about ads. You're not going to have sort of in, the same. I mean, ads are huge. There's, there's like hundreds of millions being spent all the time on them. Um, but like, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's just the whole system has been gamed. Like people's information environment has been gamed. So, um, you know, uh, there's entire ecosystems of news outlets, influencers, um, um, uh, uh, sort of you know various uh, people who you 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 feel like you've built up a relationship with that that you're following. Um, new sources that maybe you, you are getting local news and information from now that 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 exists and that have been brought into existence like purely for the purposes of 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 of, of pushing people into um into, into particular patterns of voting behavior like trump has locked down his 30 percent um he wants to get them as angry and as under threat as possible so they turn up and vote um the only way for him him, him to win with 30 percent is to suppress voters um who don't like him because the other 70 percent don't like him and we 
saw some testing of voter suppression, digitally enabled voter suppression tactics in the 2016 election. So you had like fake Black Lives Matter style um, influencers, groups, whatever kind of built up who started saying, well, do you know what? They're both as bad as each other. I'm not going to bother voting. And that was targeted by white supremacists to try and stop black people from voting. Um, and some of that was actually in- enabled by, 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 by Russians as well. A lot of that kind of astroturfy stuff. Um, so I, I think we're going to see a big push on just voter suppression, um, like, like, and you know they're they're doing it through legal, you know, quasi legal channels in the US anyway. All these like various laws they have in place trying to disenfranchise that 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 um, disproportionately disenfranchise um, black and minority voters. But I think definitely going to see a lot of that, a lot of that through the digital campaign. What consequences does that have in an Irish context, or is there any way to relate that back, or is it just com- two completely jurisdictions that don't interact with regards to patterns? So the, the the thing I worry about, right? If you look at the US and the UK, you, you basically you've got people who are in power, right, who got into power by manipulating and messing with the information environment, right? Like Boris Johnson oversaw, or like what was involved in the Brexit campaign, which had multiple of these fines from the from the Electoral Commission in the UK, saying you, you broke electoral laws. Now they're in a position whereby they're determining what the future electoral laws are and all our partners in the UK who care about this stuff are like nothing's going to happen now right he's um, you know and, and, and if you look in, in, in the US um, you sort of have capture right of the infrastructure of the state by people who get there by not playing fair um, we're not in that position in in Ireland whatever you can say about our about our politicians um they're, you know, they're not in the positions that they're in because they've been able to mess with and manipulate the system. And we can't just sort of hope that that stays the same. Um, uh, like now, when we do have um, like enough sound, sensible people in the doll to be getting good rules in place, is the time to make sure that we're using that. Like the big thing that I'm um, that I worry about, and like probably the only work-related thing that would keep me up at night is like what happened. What would happen if, if um, a border poll was called um, in in the morning? If you had a border poll north and south of the border, um, with this world that we live in at the moment like you know I, I think the the general election will see some messing about online um, but ultimately you've got to get on the telly you've got to get on doors um, if, if you're going to win a referendum as we saw last uh, two years ago um, totally different proposition um, and neither the UK um, who who would oversee um, any border poll in Northern Ireland nor our own state is anywhere near capable enough of ensuring that we had a, you know, um, the, the the kind of very difficult discussion conversations that we'd need to be having on both sides of the border, and um, to be able to to to, to have um, a safe, um, a trusted uh, border poll process. Um, and so, like this is what we have to be doing it now. So, whoever um, forms the next government, what would you like them to do first thing? So, so in in a way. Um, you know, we sort of need this to come from the doll more than from government. Um, like any 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 attempt to change the rules can't come just from government. It sort of has to come from everyone working together. Um, and and we, we kind of had this in the pledge as well. Like this isn't. It's not like you know, if you're not in the next coalition, you can wash your hands of this and don't have to worry about it. It's on you, um, no matter who you are, no matter what party you are, to work collaboratively and 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 genuinely cross party. Because otherwise, rules aren't the rules won't be legitimate, and 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 they won't be genuinely fair. 
what I'd love to see the government do like there are there's all sorts of bills and, and, and drafts and everything kind of like sitting on the shelf but I'd, I'd love to see like a genuinely um, cross-party process of, of, of drafting a piece of legislation and if they don't do it I mean, we'll give them a chance then I think frankly civil society academia experts um, we just we have to get together get around the table do the drafting for them um, you know bring bring them in kind of consult them right they've been consulting us for the last 20 years nothing's happened so maybe we need to start consulting them and then going back and saying right here's here's the first draft um, you know you can, you, can, you can play around with it if you want because we're, you know, we're just waiting around waiting around for too long Liz Carlin, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat. You were a busy person and uh, a really great asset to these kind of times. So keep up the good work and enjoy the rest of the campaign as much as you can. Thanks, Una. I love the podcast. 